0: So, to take something that's complex and make it understandable, memorable, and applicable, that takes a lot of work. So, the misnomer that a lot of people have is that if we preach in a way that's simple, it must mean that we ourselves are simple and have a simplistic understanding of the scripture and of the gospel. And actually, If you're able to communicate a complex truth in a simple way, it probably means that you have a rich understanding of it because to do that, you have to. When you preach a nice, long, deep message, you are serving your church, right? Like you're giving them exactly what they need and exactly what they want. Well, maybe not. Actually, a long, deep, involved message might be impressive to your seminary profs but it might fly over the head and confuse and thus not really serve your church all that well. What is the answer? How do we overcome this? And is the answer to just give cookie cutter, watered down surface level messages or is there a better option? I'm gonna argue in this video and in this episode that the best way to approach this is to think about transformation not just information and to ask the question what in our messages is most transformative how can we lead people to life change and to do that I think our messages have to lean towards being simple instead of complex, and that does not mean watered down, and it does not mean surface level. It means that people can understand what you're saying and take action on it. We're gonna get into all that in this episode, including how to do that, what that even means. This is episode 53 of the Preaching Donkey Podcast. My name is Lane, I am your humble host. Welcome. If you're watching here on YouTube, be sure to leave a comment. Let me know that you stopped by. If you're listening on one of the many podcast players, so great to have you. Be sure to leave us a review. I am going to be referencing an article that was posted on Church Leaders by Gavin Adams. Under the title, Does a Deep Message... Impress your seminary, but confuse your church. And this is actually an oldie, but a goodie, because even though church leaders just reposted this about a week ago, he wrote this article actually several years ago back in 2014, but it is still so relevant today. And it's something that from the very start of Preaching Donkey, this was and continues to be one of my main mantras. Because when I was in seminary, the way we were taught to preach was stilted and technical and would impress our professor but if you took that same method of preaching and you used it in the real world sure it might impress your seminary professor or other students if they were sitting there and it would check all the boxes of being what a sermon should be But it actually didn't do what a sermon should do, which is reach out and kind of grab people's attention, pull them in and point them to life change. That's what we're after in our sermons. And so if your message is so complicated that that can't or doesn't happen then we've got a real problem. So we're gonna read through this article and I'm gonna give comment to it because I think he makes some really, really good points. He says, why do we tend to overcomplicate everything? I think that's a really good question. It's not just you, I do it too. In fact, I do it constantly. Nowhere more than when I'm writing a message. As a communicator and preacher, there's something in me, and I bet I'm not alone, that intuitively believes a message is good if it's deep, layered, and rich. By the way, A lot of pastors are under this assumption, and it's really because we're under this kind of pressure from some of our people. There's not a pastor on the planet that hasn't heard someone say, we came to this church because we weren't being fed at that other church. And then we worry that one day they'll leave our church, and they'll go to the next church, and they'll say, we just weren't being fed at that other church. And what they mean is, we weren't so confused by the messages because they were so deep and rich and layered that we didn't understand them and we call it it being fed that's what they typically mean if we were baking a cake he goes on if we were baking a cake that would be true but this is a message the reality is a deep layered and rich sermon might impress an audience or seminary professor but it typically doesn't leave a lasting impression worst It's not memorable or easily applicable. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from this is that is your message memorable? In other words, a week from now, even a day from now, can people recall what your point was, what you were getting at, what your bottom line was? And is it easily applicable? In other words, can they use it? Because the difference between information and transformation is really just the fact that information is just a way of conveying facts and true things, right? Every time we get up and preach, it includes information. We're conveying facts and things that are true. But when it it goes to transformation, it has to go to the next level from just facts and true things to actually changing people's lives to set them on a different course. To do that, they actually have to remember what you said and be able to take action on it. Brandon Kelly calls this sticky. The message has to be sticky. I have trouble seeing this in my own messages. At times he goes on, but as is often the case, what's difficult to see in the mirror is clear through a window. Recently, I was helping a friend write a message. He had a great idea, very personal, very helpful, and it was beautifully simple. But there was something in us both that wanted to complicate the content. We wanted to cover every angle and answer every issue. I love this. So what he's saying here is that he took a message that was simple, beautiful, straightforward, And given enough time in preparation, their tendency is the same that a lot of us is, which is to take a simple message and complicate it and make it a little bit more uh, complicated than it needs to be. Luckily, before he and his message hit the stage, we both remembered this basic preaching truth. Simple is better because simple is digestible and applicable. Again, if you are trying to impress a crowd, go deep, layered, and rich, but if you want people to understand and apply the truth you spent hours and hours studying and preparing, throw out the cake and work toward simplicity. So he's gonna give a few steps to make your message simple, and again, I want to clarify that when we say simple, we are not saying surface level, we are not saying uh, just nothing to it, like it's watered down. That is a misnomer. What we're saying when we're saying simple is understandable. It's something that conveys and is easily applied and memorable. That's what we're going for. So first he says, find focus. What is the idea you are attempting to communicate? I like to start with a one sentence description and building everything out from there. That's a really good way of doing it. Starting with one clear idea that allows me to stay focused on one clear idea. I know this is common sense, but too often it feels uncommon. We would call this beginning with the end in mind. He says, working with Andy Stanley has helped me understand the power of message focus. For sure. What a huge understatement, right? He has taught me to understand a few basic questions before I begin crafting a message. These questions may help you as well. So, the famous questions that Andy Stanley says to ask are what do they need to know and why do they need to know it? What do they need to do and why do they need to do it? And then, how can I help them remember? So what do they need to know and why do they need to know it? What do they need to do and why do they need to do it? So know and do. What are they gonna know, what are they gonna do? That's information transformation. What do I need to convey and how does that conveyance of information result in action? Know and do. If you nail down those two things in your messages, you will be well on your way to simplifying things. Again, these questions provide the clarity, I I need to remain focused as I write a message. As a rule, I will not begin writing a message until I've answered these two questions. I want to mention before we go on to his second point that I want to give you something. I want to put something in your hands for free that will help you in your sermon writing process. It's called my 21 Day Guide to Creating Killer Sermons. You can go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days and you can pick it up there. It's a three week, three step process that will walk you through step by step how to write a compelling message. So whether you've been preaching for a long time or you just started preaching, it's perfect because what it'll do is it'll show you how to put these principles into action on a week-to-week basis. 21 days to take your message writing process and simplify it. So preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days. Again, totally free, just wanna give that to you. Number two, he says, cut your darlings. I first heard this within the context of writing. Often uh, an author must cut their favorite section or sentence to find the desired simplicity. When it comes to crafting messages, the same principle holds true. I can't even count how many times I went into a message with an illustration story or idea that I loved, yet discovered later it wasn't a good fit. It's painful to trim, but it's worth it. The good news is what's on the cutting room floor provides great material for another message. So this is a really good point. Get rid of anything that should not be in there. Get rid of anything that doesn't contribute to your bottom line or your one main idea that you're trying to convey. And then I like what he says, is that just because you trim it from this message doesn't mean it's gone forever. Keep that and maybe in this series or in the next message or in the next series, you might find a place for it. Number three, make one point. In conjunction with focusing on one idea, leveraging this one idea to make one point of application. Here's a personal example. He says, when I was in seminary, I took a preaching class. We all recorded and submitted a video of us preaching for our final grade. My message was built around one idea and one point. While I received an A on the message, the professor was displeased with the number of points and scripture references. I allowed a week to pass, then I asked him two questions. Do you remember the message I preached and my point? Do you remember my message? Do you remember my message the messages from my peers? And my point was made. The professor immediately recited my bottom line idea and my point of application. One idea, the most effective way to change behavior is to change the heart. Bottom line, Christianity is not about behaving, it's about believing. He couldn't recall any of the three-point expository blah, blah, blah that he taught us to preach. This is really interesting and I don't even know if this story is true, it sounds like one of those stories you make up, but either way, it's one of those gotcha professor stories but I think it makes the point, I like it, that he goes to his professor who doesn't like that he only gave one point and he says, but do you remember it? Do you know what I was trying to say? And of course, the professor did. Did he remember the other messages? No, he didn't. And the difference was the complexity and how many points were made. Number four, he says, marinate your message like a good piece of meat. The longer you allow a message to marinate, the better it will taste. When you study, prepare, and write a message weeks in advance, you allow the Holy Spirit time to marinate the content in your soul, heart, and mind. I'm not saying God can't work miracles in a Saturday night special, but my experience has been the more time between writing and preaching, the more powerful and focused the message. Also, the marinating process provides time for other ideas, illustrations, and stories to surface. It's amazing how many things I stumble across the weeks before between writing and delivering. So build in time for your message to marinate. Your church will love the taste. Now, you might mention, you might be saying, well, I preach every week, so I can't do that. I will say this, that the idea, the concept still stands, that when you can work ahead, you should. And if you preach every week, you should build in guest speakers or build out your preaching team so that other people on your staff or volunteers in your church are speaking on intentional weeks to give you a break so that you can get ahead. Because if you're preaching more than five, six, 10 weeks in a row without taking a break and have some, somebody else preach for you, you're gonna reach a point of diminishing returns anyway. So build that in if you can't do what he's saying, but definitely if you're in a position where you are not preaching every week, which is the types of positions that I was in a lot where I preached often, but not every week, it gave me time when a message was coming up to write it and then let it sit for a week, about it and then preach it rather than being right up against the deadline he goes on ironically simplicity is more difficult than complexity anyone can stand on a stage with Greek words and 15 scriptures it takes more work to take the complex and make it simple but it's in this work where our audience reap reaps the reward I think this is so um, this is such a good point anyone can stand on a stage with Greek words and 15 scriptures. Why is that so simple to do? It's simple because all you have to do is what's on the paper. You read through, here's a scripture, here's another one, here's another, here's another, here's another, here's an obvious observation about this, here's another, an obvious observation about it, and another, and another, and another, let's close in prayer, that's simple. It takes more work to take the complex and make it simple but it's in this work where our audience reaps the reward. So to take something that's complex and make it understandable, memorable, and applicable, that takes a lot of work. So the misnomer that a lot of people have is that if we preach in a way that's simple, it must mean that we ourselves are simple and have a simplistic understanding of the scripture and of the gospel, and actually, If you're able to communicate a complex truth in a simple way, it probably means that you have a rich understanding of it because to do that, you have to. The gospel is not complicated, so let's commit to making following the gospel less complicated as well. He says, am I the only one here? Are you tempted to fall prey to complexity over simplicity? Which is harder for you? Blah, blah, blah. So I would say he's not the only one. I think this is a great point that to make something memorable and applicable, it has to become simple. So what you could do with this is in your next message, focus on one thing. Of those four things he said, focus on making one I like to build my messages around a bottom line or a main idea, and then if I have supporting points they only serve to bolster and prop up that main idea. So I spend a lot of time making sure that my main idea, my bottom line is really rooted in the text that I'm preaching on and is action oriented because in the bottom line, I've got my application. That's what's. That's where my memorable statement is. Everything hinges on that bottom line and kind of revolves around it. If you go to preachingdonkey.com jumpstart, I've got a great course called Preaching Jumpstart, and it walks you through exactly how to write a message in this way. You can check it out at preachingdonkey.com slash jumpstart. All right, I'd love to hear from you in the comments. What do you think? Should we keep it simple or make it more rich, layered, and complex? What have you found to be helpful in your church? I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you, and he can speak through me. We'll see you next time here at the Preaching Donkey podcast.